welcome to the 203rd installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's podcast on family farming, sustainable agriculture, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. If a new generation of farmers is going to be successful, they will need to think outside the box, and such creative thinking requires a mentor who's been there before. That's one of the reasons Ryan Heinen participated in the Land Stewardship Project's Farm Beginnings and Journey Person courses a few years ago. Through these initiatives, he learned how established farmers are using innovative business planning, marketing, and holistic goal setting to create operations that are economically and environmentally sustainable. After a few years raising grass-fed beef, Ryan decided he wanted to pursue a career as a dairy farmer. In 2016, he enrolled in the Dairy Grazing Apprenticeship, a nationwide training program that's registered with the U.S. Department of Labor as a formal apprenticeship similar to what people seeking on-the-job training in carpentry and plumbing can get. For two years, Ryan, who's in his mid-30s, has been working on the west-central Minnesota organic dairy farm of Nate and Angie Walter. The Walters are certified through their apprenticeship as master dairy grazers, which means they have years of experience producing milk utilizing managed rotational grazing. Through the apprenticeship, Angie and Nate have provided Ryan 4,000 hours of on-the-ground experience with everything from setting up fencing systems and managing herd health to running a milking parlor and crunching budget numbers. During the apprenticeship, beginning farmers like Ryan also take online courses and participate in workshops and pasture walks. They're paid at least $8 an hour. Some of that pay can come in the form of housing, food, and heifer calves. Ryan, along with his wife Barbara and their two small children, have been living on the Walter farm in an extra house the family has. This has provided the young family with a first-hand feel for the quality of life issues related to dairy farming. Grass-based livestock production can be a low-cost, profitable way to farm, but it's also management-intensive. That's why a hands-on apprenticeship can play such a critical role in getting a beginning farmer successfully established. As he was wrapping up his two-year apprenticeship, I visited Ryan on the Walter Farm. He talked about why the dairy grazing apprenticeship was a natural next step for him after farm beginnings and journey person, and why he chose grass-based livestock production. We also discussed some of the challenges even the most well-trained farmers face as they set out on their own. So, Ryan, you uh, took Farm Beginnings when it was it was in South Dakota and also Journey Person. And kind of your next step along your way was this dairy grazing apprenticeship program. And you had talked a little bit earlier about how through Farm Beginnings you kind of narrowed your focus a little bit, kind of got some experience with business planning, but you really felt you needed to and you had kind of narrowed your focus to you want you knew you wanted to do grass-based farming but the dairy grazing apprenticeship has helped you maybe narrow that a little bit more and get some real on the ground experience in dairy grazing and maybe could you just talk a little bit about why that was kind of the next natural step for you to to do that well i learned best by doing i think and so the farm beginnings and journey person Gave some good background, kind of knowledge about planning and um, running a farm business. But um, I felt like to have the confidence that I needed to start on my own, um, a dairy, um, that I needed to work on a grass-based dairy and learn how that was different from even the beef grazing that I had done in the past, I guess. And one of the things that that I kind of learned today was it's kind of a, you have to apply to, to, to this program. It's a little bit of a, 
it's not just it's not as simple as it sounds it's not like just going to work for another dairy because you had looked at maybe you just working on other dairies but you were specifically looking for certain things and it sounds like Nate and Angie were looking for specific things as well yeah I I had looked at other just getting a job on a normal dairy but I knew I wanted a grass-based dairy and preferred organic and um, the dairy grazing apprenticeship set me up with farmers that were like like-minded and were doing what I wanted to do they're there to teach as well as um, you know I'm there to work but also to learn and so they're they're open to explaining why they do things a certain way or giving me time off to go to a, a pasture walk or some other tour uh, we have this similar goals I think what we what we want to accomplish well it sounds like um, you've been able to get a sense it's a really a and one of the advantages to this particular apprenticeship is you're living right on the farm. So you get a sense of what it is to be a dairy farmer 24-7 and kind of see, you know, how it affects family quality of life and what it means to be kind of on call all the time for better and worse kind of thing. It's really helpful to live on site, but it also does give me the the feeling of what it'll be like to be on my own dairy. And I think uh, just learning... Besides learning the farm part of it, learning how to balance kind of the family life and seeing my wife and kids and figuring out that while I'm working all day or busy, I'm going to grab my, you know, little boy and we'll go out to get cattle together or something. can still see them and and, and also teach them about what I'm doing because that's, you know, long term, would, would like them to be involved with the our farm in the future. You would talked about what kind of first got you interested in grass-based farming and it you didn't grow up on a farm you had grandparents who had dairy farm but it sounds like kind of what got you you had an experience when you were after college and you had studied wildlife ecology I believe and and worked in that field describe that I thought that was a really interesting way that you kind of came at oh this is can be a way to kind of balance that goal of environmental uh, improving environmental quality but also make a living on the land kind of thing yeah i uh, after college i really discovered that i my passion for prairie and, and grasslands was where i wanted to go um, and so i worked in south dakota on a 8,000 acre prairie preserve with the nature conservancy and we grazed bison and cattle there and i it was night and day across the road on some uh, conservation land that wasn't being grazed or wasn't being grazed as much. Just the, on the preserve where I worked, we grazed all the land every year. The, just the diversity of species, plants, and, and wildlife was so much greater on those areas that were grazed and, you know, grazed in a rotationally and uh, versus the land that the grasslands that weren't grazed, um, so I wanted to find a way to make restoring grasslands and prairie uh, economically possible. Because I think that's what, in order to get more grasslands back on the land, we need it needs to make sense financially. Because mm-hmm. it, otherwise, it'll just be you know preserves and in pieces here and there. Do you, now that you've, you're about, well, you're not about, rap, I guess you're a year and a half through this, uh, you know, six months out from graduating from the apprenticeship. Have you, 
had some ideas changed about how you would do things, but also maybe had some other ideas reinforced about how you're going to go about uh, kind of living this dream of doing the, the grass-based dairy? My long-term ultimate goal is to be 100% grass-based, um, but uh, to begin with, there may need to do some some grain or you know maybe I'd just be a low grain dairy or just using you know a small amount of corn silage or something like that still having the majority of my feed from forage and grazing but mm-hmm. um yeah there may be some realities to to get to that long term goal that I need to to take into consideration and you know that's something I probably wouldn't have considered before working and seeing you know well the pastures are too too lush we need to balance out the the protein or um, you know maybe the just the land base that I end up with I may not have enough land to do all forage or mm-hmm. you know so there's some realities of making it work uh, that I've taken away from from being here one thing that surprised me a little bit or it shouldn't be too surprising but uh, it was good to hear was Nate was talking about he's actually he, the reason Nate and Angie had done this, uh, agreed to be master grazers for this program, partly was they've just always wanted to not just have employees that kind of are interchangeable, but they really wanted to help get somebody else started and that it really makes it much more enjoyable for them. One of the things he mentioned was um, he learned stuff from you as well. You know, And one of the things we're actually sitting here looking at, I think this is the example that he talked mm-hmm. about, where this is some land that, uh, I don't know, could you just, just it, it's, I think it's a good example. Of, he, he, he's still learning a little bit, and he, you were able to bring in some fresh ideas, and kind of, he seemed very happy with how this has worked out. But explain what you, you guys had done here. Yeah, so it's about 10 acres, and we, it, it was permanent pasture, but it had some thistle issues and just needed to be regenerated, so Normally in Nate's rotation, he'll put corn and then hay, and then it'll become pasture after that. But So this was scheduled to be corn um, to renovate it, but it's it's got a lot of wet areas, and so cultivating the corn would have been difficult, and a lot of the corn probably would have been stunted. Or So I'd suggested maybe some sorghum, uh, sedan grass, and some clover, uh, kind of an annual grazing mix to help renovate it and would also provide some good forage in the heat of the summer. That's what he did, and then we're planning to put it into some winter rye and then graze that in the spring and then return it back to a permanent pasture mix. What was the mix here again that you guys did? Uh, sorghum, sedan grass, and some red clover. And then there's also some volunteer clovers and orchard grass and some fescues and stuff from when it was permanent pasture that's kind of volunteered and it's created a pretty good mix actually yeah we grazed it through twice and then now we're they're getting a little bit but it's been a good yeah good spot well i just that struck me because he was saying that it's uh you know it's not like just the typical employee-employer situation. He really has learned some stuff and also maybe helped. You had brought in some ideas that, yeah, you talked about them, but maybe that's not going to work out mm-hmm. on this specific farm. And and it sounds like another valuable part of that, too, is being able to go to other farms where they have apprentices 
and kind of network with them as well as establish farmers a little bit, that that network has been important? Yeah, part of the apprenticeship is we go to pasture walks and look at other farms and, and also meet with other apprentices and um, you get a variety of ideas of how people are making grass-based dairy work and then um, can bring that back and talk about it and maybe figure out why it may or may not work here. And yeah, that network of people is going to be really important when I start on my own so I have some you know, number of people to call if I have a question or something's not working or maybe just need a hand or something. So that's something I hadn't considered originally when I did it, but it, it's um, going to be very valuable to me in the future. You feel fairly confident? <laughs> I feel, yeah, I feel I'm ready. I feel confident. Um, it's going to be, I know it won't be easy, and um, it'll be some trial and error, but I, I think... Um, it's better than if I had tried it on my own. Yeah. I think um, you know, the chances of success are much higher. Yeah, I, I guess I believe that, well, we all need food to live, and I think there's ways to produce food um, that is also good for the land and wildlife. I, I don't think it has to be either farming or conservation land. I think it should be the same place, Um I guess that's what I'm hoping to accomplish is to find a way to make that work where grasslands and farmland or pasture land can produce good food and keep the environment in good shape or better shape. Yeah. Can you talk a little, you, one of the big next big step for you after you graduate from the apprenticeship is finding land, and I know you already started looking. Yeah, it seems like uh, there's some land around, but... Um, in areas where there's a lot of crop grain farming going on. A lot of the farms get split up where they'll split off, you know, the 10 acres or so that the buildings are on and then sell the cropland. And then, um, well, for a a grass-based dairy, and to be organic, you need to graze. And so you need to have the pasture near the facilities where you're milking. So that's uh, a challenge, I think, uh, you know, you see all these, this dairy infrastructure that, all these dairy farms that have sold out, they, there's tons of dairy infrastructure around, mm-hmm. but it's maybe an isolated 10 acres or, uh, you know, it's, it's not functional anymore in a pasture-based system. And yeah, I think you need that and the people on the land, if we, if we want that, then mm-hmm. we, there is that idea that. You know, there isn't a future, but I I think there is, and it seems like, especially grass-based or grass-fed meat and milk, it seems to be gaining popularity, and, um, you know, if people choose to support that type of agriculture, I think it will exist. There's there's lots of people that want to do it, so I don't think there's a shortage of that, of people willing to, to produce it in a way that would support young farmers. The Dairy Grazing Apprenticeship is seeking both master grazers and beginning farmers to participate in the program. For more information, see www.dga-national.org. For more on the Land Stewardship Project's work with beginning farmers, see www.farmbeginnings.org. 
If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org, or you can call 612-722-6377. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, a Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening.